0: thing that, you know, I kind of end up having to do is look in the mirror and say, you know, that that might be the that might be one of the issues. You know, and I think that that it takes a lot to do that. You got to kind of look in the mirror instead of looking out and starting to point fingers and blame other coaches or players. And um, what I really found I I need to become a guy that's totally ingrained myself in the special teams, totally ingrained myself in in the game management piece
1: on this week's champion series. We talk about the idea of design it and step back as head coaches. We usually got to that position probably 90% of the time because we did an excellent job as the play caller, whether that was on offense or defense and probably 90% of the time we hold on to those jobs when we take over the head coaching job and that's okay. The point of this one is not to say that you shouldn't do that because as I point out later in this episode, there's guys like Chris Softley at Lubbock Christian in Texas who won a state championship calling both sides of the ball. The idea though is that there's things as a head coach we need to think about in managing the game. There's tools today with analytics which are becoming more and more prevalent even in-game analytics like our friends at Modern Football that do things to help you make all the decisions you need as the head coach to manage a game and a big difference for Kyle Schmidt is when he took that approach he made that change and it resulted in two state championships in a row he's gonna talk about why he did that what the catalyst was for that and how a focus on special teams for him helped build his team build that culture and is a smart thing to do as a head coach as well so a lot here in this episode with Kyle Schmidt, head football coach at Spaulding High School in Maryland. Stay tuned at the end for Winning Edge Takeaways. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top of the line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. We continue on with our champion series and we're going to talk today about the idea of design it and step back. As a head coach, there's so many things you have to think about, and our guest today has taken a new approach. With a lot of guys, as we've talked about, this is kind of born out of COVID and a step back and studying what I've been doing and what I'd like to do in the future. So he's going to tell us a little bit about how this evolved. And that's the head football coach at Bishop Spaulding High School in Maryland, a state champion the last two seasons, Kyle Schmidt. Kyle, great to have you here on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Keith. A big fan of the, the show and excited to talk some football. Yeah, you and I met in person years ago. I think it was somewhere around 2014 convention. or 15 at the convention in Indianapolis. Yeah. Yep. And I think we were with, with uh, yep. Brian White. And, Brian White. yeah. B. White. And we, we talked for a while there and, and I've, I've followed you since. So it's been fun to watch what you guys have been doing and, you know, winning two in a row here in Maryland. But I know you have a great background and education as a coach in, in that you played at Maryland and JID at Maryland Ralph Fregion was the head coach. James Franklin was there as the OC. What impact did those guys have on you and in, in really helping you develop into the coach that you are today?
0: Yeah, a massive impact. And some of the things we're going to talk about today, playing for Ralph Frieden, uh for four of my five years at Maryland, Ralph left no stone unturned. Incredible detail, uh, detailed coach who just was really impactful in me, I, I I find so many of the things that he did from a game plan and game management, you know, situations that, that I use those now. And and uh, being in the G.A. room with Ralph and, and, and then James as the offensive play caller at that time, you know, it's just so much of this is repetition, Keith. And I tell young coaches all, that all the time. You can study it. You can learn it. You got to experience it sometimes to learn it. And and sitting in that room and looking at every run play in the world and every defensive front you could see, and then being in a booth with those guys on Saturdays and thinking about clock management and thinking about timeouts and thinking about two-point conversions and everything else, it's it's just a really, really, I'm grateful to have had that time with those guys. And they've been, you know, some of the most impactful coaches and really people in my life.
1: I know when I first met you we we talked a lot of offense on that day, and I thought, man, this is a guy who really knows offense, really into offense and before we got going, you said it was something that consumed you, the offensive side of the ball, but you became a head coach, and things shifted for you and I think with all of us, it's how do we solve some problems so it's you know a second place finish, a third place finish, how do we get over the hump and and really there was a shift in the your approach and the way you started to think about a game, especially in your role as a head coach. Tell us about that shift.
0: Yeah, I, there was a time, and it's you're ashamed to say it now, really, as a coach. But when I early on in my high school you know, career as a, as a high school head coach, I remember someone mentioning me hiring uh, somebody to call the plays and as an offense coordinator. Yeah, you know, the rumor mill this time of year, and I and I remember uttering like, "Man, I'd I'd probably I'd give up." The head coach. Before I would give up the offensive play caller, I was so ingrained in it. I had so much found, a, you know, a lot of joy in that. But as you mentioned, yeah, you, know, you tally up the years, and which, which going back to to the COVID piece that you mentioned, right around that time, we all had so much time to reflect. Uh, I would get up really early those mornings, and and just study the game and study us uh, as a program. And going back to my four years at Appleton High School, and and then. It would have been about nine, then or, uh, yeah, eight years at Spalding. You y- you saw a common theme of, boy, there was a lot of a lot of really good years, some ten ten win seasons, second place finishes, one county championship with a playoff loss, and you go, what's what's the common, what's the issue here? You know, wh- what is it? Offenses that are scoring a lot, defenses are stopping people, and and I I broke it down, and and the thing that, you know. I kind of end up having to do is look in the mirror and say, you know, that that might be the, that might be one of the issues, you know? And I think that, that it takes a lot to do that. You got to kind of look in the mirror instead of looking out and starting to point fingers and blame other coaches or players. And um, what I really found that I, I need to become a guy that's totally ingrained myself in the special teams, totally ingrained myself in, in the game management piece. I have a, a really good JV football coach, John Stein, who I would I remember saying to me at an end-of-year meeting, and this stuck with me. He's like, "We we sort of lose you on Friday night. Your head's buried in that play sheet, and you, you're worried about offensive issues. You're maybe a little riskier on fourth down than you should be because you think you can get every every first down." And and so that changed me a lot. And and the next thing I did was I just went all in on our special teams for our program. Spent a ton of time making sure what we did was right, changed a ton of it, put together really my own kind of Bible. That's a Ralph word, by the way, but, but your Bible, you're on, on just who we're going to be, handling every situation on specials. Uh, I became the coordinator for that team, planned everything in practice, and, and and then I got into the game management with still emphasis on offense. I'm still going to design it, I'm, but but more situational offense. Areas we call must-have plays, your two points, yeah, third and three, third and five area. Those really critical moments, short yardage and goal line, and and that became more my outlook and, and begin to kind of prep offensive coaches for what they're going to see on Friday night and be ready to handle it and call the plays, design practice, script practice. I know so many of the guys out there. What consumes our time? Well, consumes our time is scripting practice, scripting play by play. What are we going to run on each set? Uh, uh, you know, each situation. Yeah, that time could be better served with our players spending time just being a really good head coach, um uh, making sure guys are in good headspace. So that that whole deal and um it it COVID was a huge time for me to to reflect and 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 we've gotten over that hump a little bit. We've won more one possession games than than we did 2019. We we lost four games of the six we lost in 2019. Four of them we led with under 2 minutes to play that was that was that was alarming to me that was really alarming so i knew i had to become a better head coach and not just a play caller
1: yeah it's interesting one of your assistants brought it up and when you step back and think about okay what really is my role as a head coach you're almost yeah. doing it a, a disservice if you 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 bury your head in one side of it and you yep. contract out the other side and essentially you know have yep. I've heard it before that he's the head coach of the defense. Well, you you need a head coach of the entire program. You do need someone to look at everything globally, to have the 10,000-foot view. Mm-hmm. Yes, as that guy you could still hone in and have a very, you know, laser-like focus on certain things which as you've mentioned you've started to do, but your program needs you in that role. And I I look at over all the levels right now. And in the past, I mean, truthfully, there's very few guys who you could say this guy in his career was a great head coach and play caller. And he did it, did them both all the way through. And there have been those guys that initially as younger coaches are doing everything, but then they step back. And I think sometimes that, uh, you know, the, the ability that you have as that play caller and, then being able to do all the roles of the head coach gets masked a little bit. Success, I think, masks it where you don't see some of those blind spots of, man, we're really not paying attention to this. Like how many times do we have, yep. you know, nine men on the field or 12 men on the field on special teams or little things there, the technique, knowing who's supposed to be there, knowing how, you know, the the people on that unit are impacted by injuries or, uh, you know, the yep. load on those guys, et cetera. So many things like you, you were a guy who could geek out on offense, but if you step back and say, you know what? I'm I'm really gonna get nerdy on managing a game. That stuff has as much of the intricacies and more in the, the design and strategy that there is on offense. And and it's pretty cool when you can get to that point where I'm influential over all those things yet. At the same time, I, I have guys I can trust to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's- so two areas and, and i'll start with just overall culture and accountability of the program things you know kids being on time same dress it, just all the details that we all have to fret about and some do we all talk about but do we all live it and it's like i'm i'm coming in late to meeting i'm expecting them to be on time for meetings. i'm coming in late because i'm in the office drawing cards or finishing the script i'm running into the offensive me it's like how am i going to hold them accountable when i'm showing up late to it you know and and things like that, we got really all in on that. And I got great help from a defensive coordinator, Tyrone Forby, my program, who set such a good culture on defense. And some of that trickled through the entire program as well. And and that was important. So so that's, that's a big one that all head coaches just got to be on top of. You have to be. And when, you know, third and five on Wednesday, what you're thinking about calling there is more important than, hey, this group of guys that needs your attention as the head coach. That's that's where issues will begin. Then, secondly, as you mentioned, the, the the nerd and out part on game management has become a a real a real joy for me. You can never stop studying it, and you can study it all the time. You can study it every Saturday. You can study it every Sunday. Obviously, the NFL clock is a little different with the two minute warning, but the fourth downs, the, the two point conversions, all the plays, Keith, even the areas like. That We call it the drain play when there's five seconds left, it's fourth down, and you can run out of there and throw that ball down the sidelines to kill that uh, time, taking a safety. We've done that multiple times in a game to, to win it. We had a situation even in a playoff game in uh, 2022 where a windy, rainy night, and there's a strong wind, and we were up 7 nothing, and we had our opponents pinned deep. And in one of those games, again, where I thought if we get this to 21 – we're going to beat these guys. Like I had, and I knew that I studied that offense. I knew what they could do against our D I called two timeouts at the end of the first quarter. And they're looking over there. Like, does he know it's only the first quarter It's not before the half he's called timeout." I thought, I mean, it was one of those wins where I, I, I thought it could be like, this is going to be about a 10 yard punt and it's stuff like that. I, I would have been on the bench with the O-line and the offense in years past, you know, studying what we can do. And then you're making decisions to to put people in tough spots we've dominated field position every Saturday I'd sit back and do the field position chart. We've, we've lost three games in the last two years, four games in the last three years. And two of those, we, we lost the field position. And, and other than that, there's only been a, one other game. We went to overtime this year. Uh, we turned the ball over uh, three times, had a punt, go out of bounds at about seven yards. We won that game in overtime, but we lost field possession that night as well. So it's, it, it's so, it's, it's so easy, but it's so hard in the big picture, you know, to really study it and dedicate the time to it. Uh, so I've, I've become really big on, you know, the piece that you mentioned. I've heard Michael Lombardi say it, who is a, a favorite show of mine. For those of you who are nerds on game management, that, that, that guy talks it a lot in his shows and things, but I didn't want to subcontract everything, subcontract the defense, subcontract the specials. I'll take the offense. So it's re- and it's really three football teams, you know, and, I'll add to that one more piece. I, I have, like I said, my defense coordinator is 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 special, and I'm lucky to have him. But we're strong personalities, and what I found at times when I was running the offense, he's running the defense. Now we're starting to collide as a program, and well, Coach Schmidt cares more about the offense during practice, and Coach Forby does the defense, and you know, nobody was really worried about the specials, and and that's another piece where it's like, no, nah, I got to be the head football coach and I got to run these periods when it's ones-on-ones and they're banging in practice. Coach Schmidt's just coaching, and he's, he's coaching situations and, and personnel and things, and that that was really important uh, to me and and, and to, to make sure I was spending as much time with those DBs and those linebackers because I'm using them on all my specials, and they're my guys now, you know, and it wasn't just like, they're the guys we practice against. That hurt me to think that, but that's how I think our program was at times.
1: I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas State champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com demo and mention Coaching Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. Yeah, well, in general, as as we're talking about this, those are things if you are focused on the offensive side of the ball. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of head coaches out there who do that. So I'm not saying you shouldn't. Yeah. But I do think, sure. okay, if I'm going to remain that guy, then I probably need to designate somebody to stay on top of my game situation, stay on top of the clock. Is is this a go for it on fourth down drive? Do we go for two on this particular, how many, you know, how many series does the other team have left or how many series are left in the game with where we know that, okay, we need to, you know, change, change our pace. I would say like, if, if you want to remain in that position, then part of your design, you said design it and step back. Well then that's, that's the guy who needs to handle it. You can't, I don't think successfully, handle all those things because like you said it's you know you're, you're buried in that play sheet if you're sitting on the sideline looking at you know what's going on with the offensive line or coaching those guys up between series you're not catching some of those things so then you need to have somebody you trust looking at that and making those calls or at the very least coach I need your decision on this here's what's happening right and clicking over to your phones That's while you're question. over there meeting so things that yeah. you need to think about in, in doing that but you mentioned really getting into the special team side, the special situation side reminded me really good clinic was at Lawrence first and gold Dan Swanstrom, who's at at OC and QB coach at Penn was at Ithaca before and his whole thing. I think there were like 40 situations that he went over in this clinic that maybe come up some of them one time a year. Some of them might not come up at all, but if you can coach your team up on those situations they're going to make a difference, right? So those are things you need to pay attention to, too. But also then special teams, we mentioned that and you getting more into the special team side. And I think it's it's something we all like to say. I can look back on my career and say times where, yeah, we're into special teams. And, and I remember as, as much as I thought as a high school coach that we did a good job with special teams. My first meeting as a college coach, you know, the first staff meeting we have, we have coaching from the Green Bay Packers, Frank Novak was the special teams coach there. He's retired now and was, you know had just retired at the time. He comes in for a day, and I filled up two notebooks of notes and left saying, wow, I really didn't know that much about special teams, right? <laughs> as much detail as I thought I knew about things, like this is another level. So there's so many things you can dig into there for you. And, and then getting more into special teams, what did that look like?
0: Yeah, that, that was – it, it, a lot of the, the clinics, you know, we had so much time over COVID. I I just jumped into everything And the Lawrence first and goal. The first one that they did online, I, I, I got the full package. I watched so much of that stuff because really it was a clean slate with specials, honestly, other than maybe even the wings on PAT field goal, we even changed that. We might've kept one field goal blocked. There's only so many we can get there, but, but I changed it all. And, uh, and it's nothing against the guys who did it before in my program. It's just I needed to take ownership of it. And so what happens then, I think, when you take on the specials, now going back to the situation, there's a plan how we're going to win every football game. you know. And I got really into that. Now, you might change it in the first quarter. You might get in the first quarter, oh, we're going to have to win this a different way than, <laughs> than I thought we did. But then I'm making that adjustment. If I'm just calling the plays, then maybe I'm not seeing that. So you you get into it, and, and now I know I feel good about where our kicker can kick from. We feel good about pinning a guy deep when maybe you didn't have that before. And those situations that come up in specials, your kids believe in them. And I'll, I'll give you an example, Keith, from this season. We've trailed by nine points at Concordia Prep this year with about two and a half minutes to go. Honestly, you can – I thought we were done. I really did. But we had a two minute situation and I knew we had to score quickly. We had to score quickly and I didn't want to use our timeouts. You know, so as the head coach, you got your you're working this all the way in your head. I can't use the timeout. Defense had to get a stop. So all that stuff's going through your mind. So we go down and score. Now what do we do? We come over, we kick onside kick, we call Geronimo. The kids believe in it. And I knew it and the kids believed in it. We get the onside kick. Boom, go down the field. We're, we're using the clock. We're running the football in a two-minute situation, you know, because we had the time. We actually wanted to run the time so they didn't get the ball back after we kicked the field goal to win. You know, all those things are going, and then we call our field goal team out, kick a game winner, and and there's seconds left, and then we use sky kick out of that. So what I'm getting to with the specials is, I believe in every situation. I coach it personally with the kids, so they know it all now. They know what white 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 means and sky kick. They know what Geronimo is. They know what coffin punt is. All those things that, again, like Dan Swanstrom, come up once a year. Take a safety comes up once a year. Hell Mary comes up once a year. We have an end of the half play. We ran one time this year to perfection. Sports Center because if it if it hits, it's going to be on Sports Center. <laughs> you know, so all those situations, those one name calls, and we practice those all on Thursdays. So Thursday game simulation. I got it from Coach Frieden. Any guy that listens to this that played at Maryland will know it. You do it on Fridays at Maryland. It was tense. It felt like a game. We're calling personnel groupings. We're running the specials. We're tracking situations. Our kids believe in that stuff, so they know what our two-point call is going to be. They know, you know, all our blocks on on punt, which we like to we like to change each week, give everybody a different look. They know them and they believe in them. They they're calling for them, and I think that's really cool to have that type of presence on specials. Not, not hey, there's a special teams coach out there coaching those eleven guys, and the other yeah, you know, the other fifty are hanging out on the sidelines talking about what they're gonna do you know you know this weekend after the game, and 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 that's been a really uh, an enjoyable part of special teams. To add on to that, you're coaching every kid on your team when you coach specials. Yeah, every kid from PHE field goal on Mondays after practice. That's like our special time, the O-line and the kickers. We do PAT field goal after practice, just repetition, working our timing, uh, working any kind of fakes we have, field goal block on Thursday, working moto huddle and things like that. We, that's our time. We, we're joking. We're calling everybody over. Those are our five minutes together. And then obviously the big four, you're, you're coaching every kid from your linebackers, your DBs, your running backs, your receivers, your, your Ys and your combos. We're all all week, and you find your guys. You find the kid that maybe isn't, as a head coach, that kid that's not playing as much as he wants on one side of the ball. He's a second teamer. He can become your guy on specials, and, and, and those kids take a ton of pride on that. That's the thing we have in football that I think is really, really cool is that kid that's playing 15 plays a game, and he's starting on four special teams, and we make a big deal of that. We have a special teams captain each week, and it's kind of the kid that, that means a lot to our program and what he's doing it's a it's really been a joy it's opened my eyes honestly and i've been in football for a long time these past couple years have opened my eyes to a phase of the game that frankly i i hadn't been a part of
1: when you made that transition was there a shift really i guess in the structure of practice i'm sure it was in the details that you guys focused on how did that change for you in the way that you guys are implementing it during the week yeah
0: definitely for sure so throughout camp you know, obviously the installation of those is big. It's a big part of it. And we actually do them during the summer too. So throughout the summer, really, when we get going in the spring, we do like one special a week. Uh, we have like a Saturday morning deal. We're allowed three hours in the off season of on the field time until the summer, before, prior to summer. And we'll we'll do some Saturday mornings where we go for about an hour and a half and we'll do one special for about 10 or 20 minutes within that practice and just work the the edds we call them that was new we'd never done anything that resembled that in the past and then in the summer uh for our we kind of do like an otas in the summer we'll work again 20 minutes of specials two 10 minute segments within our practice where we're we're working punt uh fundamentals you know uh working the gunners on one side working the The front line same thing we're always working on blocking a punt we've done that pretty well your drops and kickoff return your takeoffs and kickoff uh blade drill and kickoff we're working that throughout the summer and then in camp you're installing them all redoing all those drills our week then that's where you get into your situational monday we do half line punt working all our protection we work punt return working our blocks we do a period of just blocks on kickballs which has been really effective tuesday kickoff kickoff return Working our, our, really we we are not, uh, we're not real creative, Keith. We're we're a ton of fundamentals. I think they work. That's what we really want to be. When you're you're implementing this stuff, you can only get so uh, creative. Uh, I think fundamentally you got to be just really good. Yeah. And then Wednesday we work all four of the big ones. We do a period that the kids love it. It's move the ball punt, and we start in our uh, backed up, and then we move all the way to what we call coffin punt. And we rep that, so it's it's like five live reps of punt. We get 11 scout guys out there bringing different blocks, coming after us, and we full cover. And that's a really, really good period. And then, obviously, Thursday, our game simulation. We'll add periods in to our team stuff, something, again, didn't do. If anybody does anything funny on punt or tries to do, like, quarterback punt, we'll stick that in last last play of the defensive team period. We'll run our field goal team on every once in a while when our red zone period, you know, we kick our field goals or PATs during red zone just to get that group in and out and get that operation going. So I've become much more the flow of the football game. It's not just let's practice defense for this long. Let's practice offense. Oh, let's, yeah. Nothing irks me more than, and I know some guys are forced to do this with coaches availability and things, but, People go out and just do. Well, we're gonna do 30 minutes of specials right to start practice. Man, I just you can't do that. I don't think. We we implement them in 10 10 minute segments during our week and and try to give them the same percentage of time that that they would get on a Friday. You know, they don't encompass of what is. You know, I don't know 130 to 40 plays. They don't encompass half of that. There's about 25 or so 30 plays depending on the scoring plays of specials in a game. You try to give them that much time throughout the week as well as you break down percentages of practice time. And, yeah, I've, I've become a much more efficient coach in that regard.
1: One last question to, to kind of put a bow on this. And now, you know, this this role you're taking on, kind of being more of that game manager, uh, I guess the tools that you use, technology I think just keeps growing and, and enhances our ability to coach. Uh, whether it's game day or during the week or, you know, things to teach, what, what are the tools really that – help you um, better manage the game understand analytics what do you guys use yeah
0: so we use a couple things just in the most basic is is us watching and taking it in I, there's something called screencastify where you can uh i, I don't know use you, it where you can capture games on youtube and things and if i see something that's like man i can teach from that i'll i'll get it it's funny our tech guy at school was like you're using this i can see the usage of it like Ten times more than the second person. What are you doing with that? And I'm telling you, I can explain <laughs> it. I'm, I'm, I'm watching, uh, I'm watching football with it and in uh, caption. So what I'll do is is I'll uh, I'll actually keep. We'll use that then in August camp, and we have team meetings, and every team meeting, and this is something that's clearly stolen from from some of the best in, in college and NFL. We'll go over it. So like we'll have a team meeting, and and about ten of the the fifteen minutes of that team meeting are dedicated to a game situation. So that's one way. Screencastify has been awesome. It allows me to share it with our coaches. Uh, like, hey, watch this. Watch how they handled this situation. Or if it's just somebody taking a safety. Even even a guy reaching the ball, Keith, on the goal line when it's not fourth down and fumbling it for a touchback. You know, you capture that. And just to show it to the kids visually is really you know, it's really important. A thing that's been really good for us, we've used for a long time, somebody who I know is involved in, uh, they're always down at, at the convention is Championship Analytics. We've used them before. They, for, I've used them, I was, we are actually the first high school to ever use them. They send out a weekly report that talks about game situations. They've been really helpful. Uh, we use a game book that I know a lot of college teams do use. We have that. And I use it. Uh, I I'm, I don't live by it, but I use it on to help me with fourth down decisions, to help me with, you know, timeouts at the end of a, a game. Time timeouts at the end of half is an area we could do a whole podcast on that, Keith. You're, you're middle eight, you know, that yeah, that's, yeah, that's a whole other to. podcast. <laughs> but um, but championship analytics has been another one from a technology standpoint that's been that's been really helpful. And then you know something you know, we discussed before. And I, I'm I'm in the midst of a group text with with a bunch of guys that I don't know, actually it's a bunch of random numbers, but one guy, a, a guy named George who hit me up from, uh, New York and George and I have never met. We're not close. We, we just have text, but we're on a text and, and, and it starts ripping off during my, uh, you know, like championship Sunday in the NFL. And it's a bunch of coaches who are just talking game situation and, and bouncing stuff off each other, mm-hmm. almost real time, which is pretty fun. Um, my wife thinks I'm crazy, but, uh, yeah it, it, it's it's anything you can get your hands on that there's been some great articles written about game situation cuz it's so I, there's a Bill Belichick quote I use in in the um in in the, the presentation that I did that there's really no no situation that's the same and it and it encompasses weather you know player injury timeouts time they're so different and i think you can you can plan all you want keith but you have to prepare that's what you got to do planning's cool but but then something happens your quarterback's helmet flies off and it's like oh baby all right next guy's got to go so so preparing for all of it is what we got to do and again as we spoke about i got to be prepared as the head coach to handle that and and i got to have a guy that's ready to call the play the offense the defense so i can deal with all the other the other things so those resources have been awesome. I know there's way more than I probably mentioned. There's more that I might use, but those have been – those have been a couple of things that have been good to me, and we load the tape on Huddle, and we we have meetings in the off season. I even meet with some of the coaches uh, that, that do not coach anymore, a couple of young head coaches, because it's really – it's like a head coach problem. It's so the stuff that nobody else worries about until it's happening. And, uh, you know, we're, we're here in mid-December thinking about it, so –
1: well, and I'm I'm sure you used to be the guy who was like recording all the all the different offensive plays and looking at it that way, but the situations, as you said, you know, with your screen yeah. castify, you know, using that more than anybody else, and and those things that you've never seen before. I'm always putting a note in my phone yep. about different things. I know the recent one, and I can't even remember the game now, but there was a there's a pick six at the end of the half on a hail mary, right? You think you're going in and getting oh, a shot yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end zone, yeah. and that is much different yeah. than the end of the game because yep. now if they're thinking the right way, and I've never coached this, but I would if I went back, there's only fat guys ahead of you. So if you have the opportunity to get that ball out of the end zone, it's like the the, the uh, Auburn-Alabama Iron Bowl kick six, right? The same thing, like, you know, I saw it, I'm like, wow, I never thought to coach that. You get in there and you just teach them the typical end-of-the-game scenario, knock it down, you know, you know, don't knock it up, but oh, bring it out because you don't I, teach that at the end of the game. And the, the half though, very applicable. And then now I'm thinking like, shoot, what do I do to get like another safety back there? Cause it's my quarterback. And, and as I said, all the fat guys, like they said, on yep. the kick six, right? There's only <laughs> fat guys on the field. So, so just so, you know, that just points out all the different things that you could get into. And again, uh, you know, we said design it and step back. And sometimes that does mean, Hey, I, I, I'm choosing to focus on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball. Just make sure, you know, you owe it to your program to have somebody who's looking at the situations and looking at things globally. And, and they may have to report to you to make those decisions. But, you know, I think that's part of a good design is going to handle. Yeah, I never things. want anybody
0: to think it, it, there are guys out there that are in situations where they have to be the play caller. I had at at, at Appleton high sure. school, we were only allowed 10 coaches in the entire program. To coach our varsity and our JV, and I, I I wasn't in that spot. I'm in year 15, going into year 12 now at Spalding. I have that luxury uh, to, to call play. I still did have to call plays one game. Our offense coordinator was getting married that weekend, and uh, so I called plays. This is a year ago, but um, uh, with that,
1: was <laughs> right, bad planning. It, right? Fall wedding.
0: <laughs> that's what I told him. But, <laughs> young guys uh also those fat guys Keith those fat guys we call those big skill at Spalding we don't call them fat guys so (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding but the the idea of there's there's free kicks I saw a free high school game end on a free kick this year Keith, where they took they they took the uh fair catch caught and and then it's there's there's so many and uh and you do you just got to prepare and like I said I don't fault a guy who's the play caller on one side of the ball. There's guys in the NFL doing it, winning Super Bowls, doing it. So it doesn't mean that this is the only way it just, what was best for me at the time. And it was, it was the right time for my career to do it. And, and honestly, for me, it's been a joy. It's taken some of the stress of the play calling off me and, and allowed me to put my energy in other areas of our program, both on and off the field. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's been a new outlook in coaching and, and we've won a lot with it, which which helps too. That that means I don't want to change it right now.
1: No, I really appreciate you you sharing this, giving us insight, and you know I. I... I agree with you. You have to look at, I think with anything, you always look at your situation. And I think of even a state champion we had last year, Chris Softley from Lubbock, Christian in Texas, called offense and defense, right? Because that's what the situation dictated for him. But again, cover all things. I think that's the message here. Design it so everything is covered and and you are able to step back and take whatever role that you can. So I appreciate you sharing that insight. Certainly, we're going to have to have you back and discuss some of these special situations. But you know, until then, best of luck to you and Bishop Spaulding as you get ready for 2024 and defending that state awesome. championship. Thank
0: you, Keith. Thank you for everything you do uh, for football, man. It's, it's really good stuff, and, and I enjoy it all.
1: Here are Winning Edge takeaways for this episode. One, embrace that idea of design it and step back. And remember, that means something specific to your situation. For Kyle Schmidt, it meant stepping back as the play caller, and being more focused on special teams and the overall game management. The whole thing with design, though, is that everything is accounted for. So you may make the decision to step back from the guy who's looking at the analytics and managing the game and have somebody inform you of those things so you can make decisions. But whatever it is, your team needs you to make sure all of those roles are filled and as Kyle Schmidt pointed out, as a head coach, with him focusing on it, it was something that helped get them over the top to be able to win a state championship. Two, special teams make a difference. And coach talked about how his focus on special teams changed a little bit about the way they practice, how they integrated those, how their team periods became something more with special teams in the flow of it. Also, in the amount of reps of special teams or the time they put into special teams each week, really reflecting about how many reps or how much time in a game that those reps take up. So designating that time in a similar fashion will help you put the emphasis you need on special teams and have it make a difference for what you do in the game. And the third one is to get feedback from your coaches. I think a big part of this change was his assistant coach coming to him and saying, Coach, we lose you on game day which also to him meant that you're losing a lot of the things you could do and he pointed out a situation when he was looking at timeouts at the end of a quarter when it was a very windy day and wind conditions were affecting the game and that he wanted to get a good punt off and change field position he points out how he was doing it before if his head was buried in the call sheet he might have not have been cognizant of that and no one would really be looking at those kinds of things to understand what's the time left here so just points that he made throughout this that makes sense that you at the very least have somebody who is looking at all those situations, understanding that, hey, this drive, when we score, we're going for two. And you know that ahead of time. Understanding how much time is left in the game and how you should manage your tempo. All those types of things really go into the overall game management, which can make a big difference for you in winning football games. Be sure to keep tuning in weekly for our Champion Series which we have designated for Thursdays. We'll continue to build our off-season lineup here as we get into January, and be sure to enjoy some of the best episodes of 2023 as we reflect back on coaches who have joined us and shared some very important ideas and details here that can help you as a coach.